Hey everyone, welcome to our Monday study session. You made it here. We are talking about today's NCLEX topic of Addison's disease. Addison's disease. Thank you for joining me here. I'm glad you made it. My name is Regina Callian. I am the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. And I'm here every Monday, every Wednesday, sometimes Fridays, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, every day I'm here to support you to get your nursing license because that's what this whole thing is about. So we're getting into Addison's disease and you should be familiar with Addison's disease. If you know renal failure, this is adrenal failure. So renal failure, adrenal failure, you gotta know it for our state board exams. So let's get into it today, right now. Welcome from everybody all over. Addison's disease, um, what happens is this is known as a primary adrenal insufficiency, right? So it's a adrenal failure problem. And you're going to have um, a condition where you don't have enough cortisol. So the term hypocortisolism is associated with this condition. And Remember, when we talk about the adrenal glands, it is important to understand their function. So the adrenal glands are the two small glands that sit on top of the what? What do the adrenal, adrenal glands sit on top of? Can you guys hear me okay? Can you hear me? All right. The adrenal glands sit on top of the kidneys, right? And so they have the function of producing your catecholamines, right? So the adrenal glands are what help us to handle stress. So they produce the catecholamines, they produce your sex hormones, they also produce cortisol as well. Yes, yes, yes. So when the body is under any kind of stress, guess what activates, right? If a bear runs into the room or the house that you're in catches on fire, your adrenal glands are going to respond quickly to get you out of dangerous situations. So cortisol is what we're talking about. Cortisol is going to help us to handle stress in a lot of situations. So what happens when we don't have enough of that? All right, so you will find the adrenal glands when you are studying endocrine disorders, all right? So this is considered a long-term endocrine disorder in which you don't have enough steroids. And so cortisol is a steroid hormone again, that helps you to handle stress. So um, statistically, how common is this? About uh, four to 11 patients per 100,000 may come in contact with this. Uh, the incident is about 0.8% of the population per 100,000 per year. In children, you will um, see boys more affected but then as we age, as we get older, uh, women become the majority, 70% of the population of patients with this adrenal uh, disorder, okay? Addison's disease is what we're talking about. And so for NCLEX, you gotta know the signs and symptoms. So this is, a, this is gonna be a rapid review. So what happens with Addison's disease. One of the biggest characteristics is the color change of the skin. And so you're going to have a bronze colored skin change. Now, how many people knew that? How many people knew that Addison's, you have bronze color skin? So the next step would be, where would you see that most? Is it an all over skin change? Nope, it's not. The pigmentation is going to be 
focused on the hands and in the mouth area, like the mucosal, the buccal mucosa, you will see that bronze colored skin change. Now, why is that happening? Just for NCLEX, it is a result of the pituitary gland being overstimulated. All right. So that is what happens with Addison's disease. Your body is not producing enough cortisol. So your pituitary gland says, we don't have enough cortisol. Let me produce something else. All right. Um, you don't have to know what that something else is. If you want to know it's POMC, but it produces POMC and that gives a different color to your skin, okay? Pigmentation issues though is the major point for that. Um, also, you're gonna have some changes in the distribution of body hairs, all right? So patient's gonna get um, some overall look changes just like we see in Cushing syndrome too, kind of, right? Gastrointestinal disturbances. Our patients with Addison's disease may not wanna eat honestly, um, they may suffer from diarrhea as well. They're going to be weak. And this makes sense because they don't have enough what? And think about it. I always think in the mind of this because I'm dealing with steroids. I don't know why, but my mind automatically runs to bodybuilders, right? And so when bodybuilders want to get stronger, what do they take? They're not supposed to take, they take steroids, right? And so steroids give them muscles, make them stronger. So when we have a patient who has a low amount of steroids in their body, they're not able to be strong. They, they, they have an issue with weakness, okay? So weakness, the blood sugar in these patients will run low. So they will have hypoglycemia. With the hypoglycemia, what do you guys think the kind of, um, symptoms our patient will be reporting, okay, with hypoglycemia. What are some clinical symptoms that a client who may have Addison's disease with hypoglycemia, what do they typically report of? Okay. And these are things that as next generation NCLEX progresses, you're going to have to know. You're not going to have to just know what one step is. You're going to have to know two steps. So I'm introducing you guys to second step thinking. Yes, and I see it. So patient has Addison's disease. We know that they're at risk for hypoglycemia, okay? But the patient is going to come in reporting sweating, reporting headache, right? What else do we have, okay? Sweating headache as a result of their hypoglycemia, Okay, feeling shaky. So these are things that you're going to have to go from. You're going to have to be able to go from Addison's disease to sweating, shakiness, right? And make the connection, oh, this patient also has hypoglycemia in the middle of these two things, all right? And I know you guys can do it. You do. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. All right. Weight loss. All right. Because this patient is not going to be eating. They're not going to have a strength. They're not probably going to have the same appetite with the anorexia. Pastoral hypotension. Let's talk about it. What does that even mean? What is happening here with our patient who has Addison's disease and now they're presenting with postural hypotension. What does that mean for us as nurses? That means that this patient is at risk for falling out, right? A falls risk. We know this is orthostatic hypotension as well. So that means with position changes, 
they are going to be dizzy. They're going to be complaining of dizziness. And we think, oh, okay, it's their blood sugar, the hypoglycemia. Uh, uh, uh. It, no, they also have pastoral hypotension as a presentation. So these are clinical cues we got to pick up on. And then patient wanting salty foods, right? Complaining or craving for salty foods. That is something that is also telling us something. What is that telling you about your patient if they come in with Addison's disease and they're eating potato chips and they eat mixed nuts for breakfast and they like drinking, um, I don't know, I drink this high in sodium. They like eating canned soup, right? Um, that tells us that they're craving salty foods because their sodium level is what? Their sodium level is down. So that's also something we need to check. We need to check right away. All right. So these are the traditional signs and symptoms of Addison's disease. But what if it turns into more than that? We also have to be prepared for the medical emergencies of every condition for NCLEX because NCLEX is mostly acute care. So the Addison's crisis looks like all of the symptoms that we just described with these additional things, okay? Hey, shout out to all my international nurses watching from all over Africa, Kenya, Ghana, Ghana, Nigeria, Tanzania. I see you guys. I appreciate you. Ethiopia, everywhere. I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Okay, so we're going to have all of the signs and symptoms plus the additional ones. And Addison's crisis is the life-threatening situation, all right? And it may be precipitated with as well stress. Okay. If your patient is stressed out, conditions get worse. If your patient has sepsis or dehydration, dehydration can lead to a lot of complications with disease processes. Think of what happens with your patient with diabetes when they get dehydrated. It gets worse, right? If they have Cushing syndrome, it gets worse. If they have some sort of kidney issues, the dehydration makes it even worse. Okay. Or trauma. So, we are going to see an altered consciousness. We are going to see circulatory collapse. That means that blood, that blood circulating volume is going down. Shock, yes. Hypoglycemia, already gonna be there, right? Seizures, maybe the patient begins to have seizures with Addison's crisis. Uh, steroid withdrawal, if they have been taking it, this can also uh, precipitate Addison's crisis or an adrenal crisis, increased potassium. These patients will have a high potassium and a low sodium. It's very much the opposite of Cushing syndrome. I like to study these two together because Cushing syndrome has the flip of all of these. So how do we actually, um, with this adrenal insufficiency, how do we know if a patient is having this issue? And the reason that we can know for sure is by just doing certain blood tests. So checking the sodium level, checking the potassium level, those are su supportive laboratory values for this diagnosis. But the cortisol level is going to be very, um, very reflective of the patient's condition. I believe we get a cortisol level in the morning. And I'm I'm just thinking, you draw a cortisol level in the morning between eight and nine. Somebody put it in the comments and fact check me on that. But you're doing that blood draw in the morning. It's important to do that. 
the ACTH stimulation test, this one is the most specific test for diagnosing adrenal insufficiency. And this is where the um, blood cortisol levels are measured before and after giving a synthetic form of the um, HCTH hormone, all right? And so remember, it is the pituitary gland, all right? To pituitary gland that um, is going to be very much involved in Addison's disease, okay? All right. Also, we can do a hypoglycemia test because we know patients with Addison's disease will struggle with hypoglycemia. So an insulin-induced hypoglycemia test. If you haven't heard of this before, here's a little bit about it. This is a test used to determine how the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and adrenal glands respond to stress, okay? During this test, blood is drawn to measure the blood glucose and cortisol levels, followed by an injection of a fast-acting insulin, okay? And so this will see if indeed you are having issues related to your cortisol level with your um, blood sugar levels as well. And then the CT scan, this is going to be imaging your pituitary and your adrenal glands because sometimes you will have an issue where your um, adrenal glands are not fully developed. And so you'll be able to see that on the CT scan. The other main causes of Addison's disease, what are they? Does anybody know? main causes of Addison's disease. Is this something that is contagious? Is it something that is genetic, right? How does one get Addison's disease? Is it something you're just, because we said children have them, right? Children can have Addison's disease as well as adults. So how does one contract them? Okay. Uh, somebody said the cortisol, um, that level is drawn twice early in the morning and later at five, four to five. Ah, very nice. Remark nurses all over. This is why we come together to help each other. So I see here people are saying Addison's disease is a genetic thing. Some people are saying, no, 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 that's not right. So Addison's disease actually can be caused by other conditions. The A big one that you should know is tuberculosis. Yeah. Tuberculosis can put stress on the adrenal glands as well as lupus. Lupus patients can also develop Addison's disease. Another thing is just, it, it is considered an autoimmune disorder as well, where the body begins to attack itself. So you begin to have um, inflammation of your adrenal glands. So those are the common causes of why Addison's develops in a patient. Our treatment, well, the treatment makes sense. That's why it's so important to understand what actually a condition is because you can anticipate the treatment. So if we don't have enough steroids in our body, how are we gonna treat this condition? Ah, we're gonna give the patient steroids. That's how we're gonna do it. And so we do a glutocorticoid replacement or a mineral corticoid replacement. Your responsibility is to be able to know when a medication is a steroid, okay? And what is the easiest way to look at a medication and say, 
ah, this is a steroid medication. What are we gonna look for? The ending. So anytime you see that zone ending, you know you are working with uh, steroids and you don't have to be so stressed out about, is this a glutocorticoid or a mineral corticoid? Don't put so much emphasis on that. Know that zone, hydrocortisone, prednisone, demexazone, all right? Know that these are all steroid medications. And yes, do I need to get into that right now or am I getting ahead of myself? Let me continue on, all right? Or also you can do a um, androgen replacement as well, which is DHE. Look that up. If you're not familiar with DHE, um, just spend like two minutes looking it up, write it down in your notes somewhere because this, this, this uh, will also be, it's, it's a pretty common thing that you can see as a treatment, okay? So our nursing responsibilities are, we're going to educate the client and family on the condition. So that means for NCLEX, you have to know what it is. And then also letting this patient know that they have to make sure that they are living a stressless life as possible, okay? Because stress is going to precipitate the symptoms, make them worse for this patient. So sometimes if you are diagnosed with Addison's disease, you have to go out on disability. You can't work, all right? And then seeing that the treatment is properly and efficiently carried out. So somebody had already mentioned this. Typically, these patients, when they begin to take steroids, they have to take it for how long? Is this like a two or three week process treatment for the steroids? How long do they have to take these steroids? Mm. Yes, they have to take them for the rest of their life. And so how important is it for them to understand, number one, this, this is a long-term treatment option. It's not a cure. And then two, what do we know about steroids? What do we know about when you don't take steroids after taking them, right? You start taking steroids for some time, your body becomes accustomed to the steroids. Can you just stop taking them? No, never, never, never. How would a patient come off of steroids? What do we call that? And not our Addison's patients, um, but just like any patient in general, this is general NCLEX teaching. If a patient begins a steroid therapy for whatever reason, say they have some sort of infection or after surgery or whatever, when it is time to come off of that steroid, they have to taper down the steroid use. Because if you, um, if you just stop taking steroids, you could put your body into a severe crisis, shock, uh, hypertension, all types of issues if you just abruptly stop taking steroids. Yes, love the comments. Okay, we are moving on. We got some questions we got to do. Also, um, the nurse, we're responsible for observing the client and reporting any changes, winning the client's confidence and cooperation as he improves and ensuring proper diet and salt intake, okay? Um, so I am ready for 
the questions. Now you guys know how we do it. We do four and then we do a 50-50, right? Between Facebook and YouTube. And honestly, I don't know whose turn is it. Whose turn is it? I think it's YouTube's turn to unlock the bonus question right now. So YouTube, get ready because you have to like the video, right? You have, we have to get a certain amount of likes to get the bonus question unlocked. So I am starting with the first question right here. I wanna see comments on the screen. It is 100 likes for YouTube. That's what your goal is, 100 likes. Okay, number one, the nurse is caring for a client who is having an adrenal crisis. Which finding is expected of this condition? Let me read it again. The nurse is caring for a client who is having an adrenal crisis. Which finding is expected of this condition? Number one, hypertension. Two, hyperglycemia. Three, hypernatremia. Four, hyponatremia. Ah, I need to know, and I'm so glad. I feel like everybody that came in on time and reviewed this topic with us has it right. And there are certain people maybe who are just guessing, but remember with adrenal crisis, it's caused by something already, something that is there already that's making it worse. What is that? What is that thing that's making it worse? The correct answer is going to be number two. We know that this patient, I'm sorry, number four, number four, we know that this patient has a propensity to have low sodium, okay? And so with the adrenal crisis, it is a life-threatening condition. It's a life-threatening condition and it is precipitated by cortisol deficiency, adrenal insufficiency, but hyponatremia is going to be one of those signs and symptoms, okay? Also, you're going to have problems with hyperkalemia, seizures, and altered level of consciousness. All right, I'm moving on. I'm moving on to question number two. Okay, here we go. Mr. Norman has been rushed to the emergency department due to circulatory collapse altered consciousness, and severe hyperkalemia. He was diagnosed with Addison's disease six months ago. Upon interview, his friend reported that his wife died in an accident last week. What could be Mr. Norman's diagnosis this time? Number one, Cushing syndrome. Two, coronary artery disease. Three, Addison, Addisonian crisis or four stroke. Okay, everybody got this one. I'm seeing it already. And the whole goal for this is to make sure that even when the question is long, the case study is long, you don't lose track of the point. All right. So the correct answer is number... Number three, there it is, there it is. Yes, this patient has the signs of Addisonian crisis, okay? Good job, everybody. All right, there are 182 people watching on YouTube. We got 56 likes, so we only need less than 50 to unlock the bonus question. YouTube, it's on you. We're getting close to that time. This is the third question right now. 
the nurse is preparing to discharge a client who has been diagnosed with Addison's disease. Which statements of the client are not correct regarding his condition? Number one, I will monitor my food intake. Two, I will wear a medical alert. Three, I will stop the prescribed medication after a week or four. I will monitor my stress level. What are we worried about? What are we worried about right now? Right now, we are looking for the statement that is not going to be correct. That is not going to be correct. Okay. That is number three. Yes. Of course. We talked about this. We went over this. That's why it's always content before questions, because when you do content first, these questions are easy. They're easy because we went over the information They're If you're getting them wrong, that's because you don't know this information. That's all to it. The treatment for Addison's disease includes a medication regimen, particularly HRT, and even missing one day of this medication may be fatal to the body. So this is something we have to be able to address. LPNs, you got to know this information, okay? This is essential for your exam. All right. Hmm. Nurse Hannah is checking the laboratory results of Mr. Anton. Which of this laboratory findings would warrant a pending adrenal crisis for the client? Here we go. Sodium level of 100, potassium level of 3.3, glucose level of 110, phosphorus level of 2.5. This is it. This is Again, content-based, these numbers, some people are like, oh my goodness, why does she put up the numbers? I don't know the numbers. You got to know the numbers, especially if you're taking this current NCLEX, okay? Especially if you're taking this current NCLEX, you got to know the numbers. I love it. Watching the answers roll on the screen. Some people say one, some people are saying two. Two is concerning. I got, I, I can't, I, whoo, I'm gonna give y'all a second to think about this. Some people might want to change their answer because um, <laughs> you got to know these numbers. You should be able to look at these labs and know the normal, okay, I'm looking for the normal sodium level. Okay, you, you should be able to know that normal sodium. You should know the normal um, potassium level. And if you don't know these levels, normal phosphorus level, then this, this question is gonna be extremely hard. So I'm looking at the answers on the screen and I know some of you are struggling with your laboratory values. Right now, you gotta commit them to memory. You have to commit them to memory for your nursing board and for life, and for life because you actually have a body and you have sodium in it and you should know the normal values of each one of these, okay? This is an easy question if you know your laboratory values, the question answer is number one. That sodium level, way too low, way too low, okay? And so this is going to be more serious than that potassium. Even though the potassium level was a bit low, sodium, no, 
All right, this has to be treated right away. So the answer was number one, the sodium level. Okay, let's see if YouTube did it for us today. I gotta check, I gotta check the numbers. Let me go to my live or somebody can somebody just tell me because I don't really know. Um I thought I had it. Oh, here it is. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Let me see where we're at. So we wanted to get a hundred. There were uh, there were 199 people watching on YouTube. We only have 85 likes. So we need 15 more people. If you haven't liked, what did Mark say? All right. So we are going to go to our, our, um, our testimonial for this week. And I'm gonna give 15 more people a chance to like this video on YouTube. We have almost 300 people watching. So we're all depending on YouTube this week. Here is our, here is our nurse for the week. And this is what she has to tell you about passing NCLEX. Peace and blessings, everyone. Hi, my name is Michelle Deverell Reed, and I am officially a Remar nurse. I passed my NCLEX RN exam on September 13th, 2022. I wrote it in the afternoon and it I took the, it took about four hours to write the exam in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I used Regina and Mark's uh, NCLEX review, which includes the quick facts for NCLEX, five star, and the greatest book ever, Virtual Trainer. When I tell you I used every page, you cannot miss a page in either of these books. You cannot miss a page in either of these books. When I looked at that exam, I knew most, if not all the answers. Maybe there was like three or four questions I was un unable to like decipher, but just by reading the question and then reading the answers and getting the stem of the question, I was able to answer all of my questions confidently because content over questions. Now, I wanted to say this as a testimony of encouragement for anybody that's out there that is a repeat test taker, that has been through trials and tribulations and struggles. You can and you will and you must pass NCLEX. I want to say thank you so much for everybody, including Regina, Mark, and all the other Remar nurses for all your encouraging words, all your positivity, and all of the positive prayer, vibes, everything, because with God, it is possible. And I'm a firm believer. And I thank you guys so much for helping me get past my anxiety, getting past depression, because God has always been there. And during uh, trials and tribulations, it can be hard to see it, but you gotta stay positive. You gotta push through because you can, and you will, and you must pass NCLEX. Y'all. That testimonial, I'm sitting here trying not to cry. Seriously, that testimonial was amazing. Like, just amazing. Like, it it went straight to my heart. Um, so thank you, guys. Thank you, Team Remar, for sharing that with us today. Like, I'm, like, trying not to shake because that's a real nurse that is coming back saying I had a ton of um, just the work that she had to put. Did you see that VT workbook? Did you see her workbook? Like it was totally filled. And that's just hours and hours of sacrifice that she put in for herself. And I'm in a, I'm in a season where seeing people invest in themselves is man, it's the most beautiful thing. Cause time, we can't get back time. Anyways, this is not the motivation part. Let me tell you guys, 
you guys did it uh youtube came through we got the number of likes so the bonus question is unlocked congratulations you did it you did it today youtube held us down man and i even saw some people on facebook like i went to youtube and i sh i liked the video myself so we had some we had some facebook transplants go over to youtube to get it done y'all got it done today i'm so happy because we didn't get it done last week we had to move on but bonus question number five is this the nurse is planning the care of the client with addison's disease which among the following would the nurse appropriately delegate to the unlicensed assistive personnel? Number one, administering IV medications. Two, assessing the client's level of consciousness. Three, changing the client's linen. Four, teaching the client regarding dietary intake. Ah, and I really like this question because I'm about to go into some short teaching here. So I, got, I can't hold you guys too long. Uh, but you guys are going, going, going in. All right. And I want my new nurses to pay attention to this, right? I want my new nurses to pay attention to this question because this is something that we learn later on in nursing school. But if you're new to nursing, um, if you're a nursing student in class watching this, the correct answer is absolutely going to be, let me show it to you, it's number three, changing the client's linens. And I'll just take it back and say this, when you are a licensed nurse, there are certain things that you have to maintain responsibility for. So if we go back to the choices, let's just break them down really quickly. Administering IV medications. So never, never, never can we give somebody without a license the responsibility of administering any medications, okay? And what NCLEX does for you guys to trick you up is they will call a medication something common. They will say this is a, a prescribed lotion, right? Or a prescribed powder. Can you have an, um, an unlicensed person give it? Like with the bath, right? And just put the powder on the patient. But that answer is gonna be no always especially if it's prescribed, okay? We wouldn't have anybody do that. So um, IV medications are gonna be for the RN. Assessing, any form of assessment, the registered nurse has to do that, okay? Unlicensed uh, people cannot do it. We also won't have the PNs doing it. Changing the client's linens, yes. Um, changing the client's bed, feeding them breakfast, washing them, ambulating them, unlicensed personnel can do that. Teaching. Teaching is going to be reserved for your RNs and also the PNs, all right? And those of you who have the VT, PNs do teaching. They do. What type of education does a practical nurse do? What type of education does the practical nurse do? I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for the comments. All right. The practical nurse is responsible for our follow-up teaching, okay? So that's why I tell you guys who are PNs, and that's why I really tra train you like you're taking the RN exam because you are still responsible for knowing everything, all right? You're still responsible for knowing everything that the RN knows. Ta-da! Didn't know that, but you do. You have to do follow-up or reinforcement teaching, okay? That is our study on Addison's disease, okay? We did it. Now, our Monday motivation is this. 
walking with the present, embracing the future. What does that mean? Let's start by this. Are you the kind of person who likes throwbacks, throwback videos, throwback movies? Do you like reminiscing about happy times, bad memories, sad memories, unforgettable memories? Sometimes we get to an age where we like to think about how it used to be, right? Somebody, um, I saw something on TikTok, like, are you a traditional Christmas person or an elegant Christmas person? And the traditional Christmas was just like Christmas for me in the 80s, where the wrapping paper was tool, um, newspaper, it was all different colors, the tree hat, like whatever was in the house on it, all kind of tinsel, big stars, like, you know, that's Christmas for me, grandparents at grandparents' house, and everybody's over just eating food. Like, do you like that? Are you a traditional Christmas person or the elegant Christmas where it's like everything is pristine, all white. Um, you know, you have certain uh, food on the table that's plated very nicely. Like, no, like traditional Christmas for me is we eating off paper plates uh, that are maybe decorated for Christmas uh, and everybody's just having a good time. Like kids are probably making a mess everywhere. But reminiscing on those old times, thinking about how things used to be, what is that? Like, we are supposed to definitely remember the things of our past, okay? But we shouldn't remember to the point where we become prisoners of it. And that happens so much with the Remar nurses in our community. We look at the past and we get sad about it. We get sad about um, the way things used to be. We get sad about our past um, NCLEX experiences. We get sad about nursing school trauma. We get sad about um, hurt in relationships. We just get down about it. And what it does is it adds to anxiety, right? And so some of us are stuck in a trap of dealing with anxiety because we are in the past. We are living in the past. And so my encouragement, my motivation for you today is to improve the present that you're actually in. In the, yeah, like right now in the moment, the present is all you have, okay? And I have to remind myself to literally slow down and enjoy the present because sometimes I am thinking, oh, I have this to do coming up. Or you guys may be thinking, I have my test coming up or at the end of the week, this is happening, right? And what is happening is we're actually living in the future, right? And we're neglecting everything that's going on, everything beautiful around us, everything that's uh, wonderful and amazing opportunity right now because we're so stuck in the future or we're so stuck in the past. And the trick of the enemy is for us to believe that either one of those places exist because they don't exist. The future does not exist right now. You can't get to it. You can't change it. You can't do anything for it. The past is gone. You can't go back there. You can't change it. You can't relive it. You can't do anything with the past. All you have is right now in this moment. So what are you doing right now? This is where you need to stay. I'm telling you guys, stay here. This is where your life is right now. And so how are you making this moment the very best? Well, a lot of you are sitting here studying, doing what you need to do to get your nursing license. There's nothing better than that because I have almost 300 people 
watching, but there's probably 3,000 people doing something else. And so you are indeed making the very best of your time by investing in your education. I like that. Yes, one day at a time. That's all you can live. All you can carry are, the Bible says this, sufficient are the worries of today, right? You have enough on your plate today. That's all we can ask for. We ask in God every day for just our daily bread. I don't want Tuesday's bread. I don't want Wednesday's bread. I don't have nowhere to put it. All I need is today's bread, right? So the best use of your time, living in the present. Can we learn from the past? Absolutely. Can we plan for the future? Yes, but it's by doing what we need to do today, right? That's how we're planning for the future. I know that if I don't get on here with you guys on Monday, then Tuesday, I'm going to be feeling some type of way, <laughs> right? Tuesday, I'm not going to feel like myself because I'm not doing what I need to do today, all right? If, if I am intending to do a study session with you guys next week, the special, or do a game night with you guys, then today I need to be working on it. That's how you plan for the future. That's how you plan for the future. And those of you who are passing NCLEX, let me tell you, let me tell you what you're doing today, jumping on this session, then hopping into your virtual trainer, then getting your quick facts book, taking these things with you today, opening them up today, that is going to help you. That is going to help you in the future. But you can't rest on what you did yesterday and you can't expect tomorrow to be something great because what? Nobody's promised tomorrow. All you have is today. So you better look around and be grateful for all the things that you have because today is where it's at. Um, and so I know you can do it. Even if you failed in the past, you can always make changes where? In the future. I mean, I mean, sorry, in the present so that you can be what you want to be in the future. All right. That is the mentality we have to have. You can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. That's a right now thing. That's a right now thing. You have to embrace this mindset right now. All right. You can't wait until later. You can't wait until later to do it. You have to believe it in the present. I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX. All right. Whatever happened in the past is over. The future is not yet here. You are, and this is what I say, you have to see yourself as a nurse today. In this very moment, you are a nurse. You have the training. You have the knowledge. You have everything you need. Honestly, most of you could probably take NCLEX and pass it today if you just got behind your own thinking. Like, get yourself out the way and understand you're already a nurse in this very moment. You don't even have to wait for the future. You established as a nurse today. You got to walk in there in that test saying, I'm already a nurse, okay? No matter what happens, I'm already a nurse. Give yourself a chance, all right? But it is the battlefield of the mind, guys. And so staying out of the past, not thinking about the future too much this week, enjoy today, enjoy the moment. It's Monday, all right? And it's a beautiful time for you to look around and say, God is good. I got all that I need. Even if he never does another thing for me, I am blessed. But I do, and I would like to be a nurse. That's the thing. And you guys, you can, absolutely.
You can, you will. Hey, and you must pass in Clex. Thank you so much for studying with me. It was a good. We did Addison's disease. We got through the questions. You guys worked together as a community to unlock the bonus questions. And we had our motivation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you next Monday. Later.